This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Now, in our second hour, welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson astrophysicist oh. in New York City with the American Museum of Natural History in studio. Chuck Nice. Yes. Comic. Always good to have you. Always good to be here, Neil. In this hour, we're talking about sending humans to the red planet. Yes. The red planet Mars. And I got to do that with an actual live astronaut, a New Yorker at that. Active astronaut Mike Massimino. Great well, to be here. Uh, we, great to have you here. And, and we got, I have clips from an interview I conducted with Mary Roach. She's a journalist and has written interesting books about unusual topics, one of which was just how to get to Mars and all the weird and odd experiments and research papers that were done to try to make that happen. And all the consideration that you have to go through with the food, the, 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 the radiation shielding, mm-hmm. and, and will you tick off your other astronauts because you're, they, they're tired of your jokes? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. That's where nah. I come in. <laughs> the first one to be jettisoned from the mission. Nah, you keep everybody going. <laughs> Vital so, part of the, of the whole thing. So now here's something that the, the, the press hardly ever talks about. But kids do. If, if, you got to Mike, am I right? 
if you speak to elementary school kids, what's the first question they ask you about space? The same one you would ask. <laughs> <laughs> How do you poop and pee? How do you go to potty? How do you go to the bathroom? In space. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, you can't pour that one off on the kids. So, everyone wants to know. But, but adults have, uh, yeah, kids don't know that they shouldn't be asking the question. I or think. adults tell them to ask it. Everybody wants to know. Uh, so, so in my, let's find out what Mary Roach has to say and then we'll get your reaction reaction to this on what it is to go to potty in space. Are you familiar with a positional trainer? I'm actually afraid to ask, but I will. Go on. Okay. You should be afraid. (laughs) Just to remind our listeners, there is no room that you walk into where they turn off the gravity. So to create zero G is essentially, it's not possible unless you go on. Unless you go on a parabolic up and downy flight. Yeah. You go on. Yeah. On one of the airplanes that simulate it. And they test those toilets. So technically I could have been the poor schmo who sits on the toilet to test it on the parabolic flight, but I wasn't. But the positional trainer, it's a toilet with a video camera in it facing upwards. It's a closed circuit TV. The camera is in the toilet? The camera is in the toilet and it's aiming at your butt. What? Okay, okay, let me explain. When you This is at NASA? This is at NASA. This is my tax money at Johnson Space Center, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a closed Show me the camera looking at my butt. It gets better. Anything can get better after you tell me there's a camera looking up my butt. The display, what's being filmed on the camera, is right next to you on the toilet. So they turn on the light, and now you see what the camera is seeing. Why? Because your angle of approach on a space toilet is important. People often sit back too far, and it's a smaller hole, and if your angle's wrong, then you gum up up the air holes because it works by air flow. It kind of pulls the material because there's no gravity to pull the material down into the bowl, as it were. So you've got airflow. So it's like a shop vac. You're sitting on a shop vac. Right. And so it's why an airflow to, to simulate what would have otherwise just been gravity doing it for free. Yes. It's, it gives you good separation. So the camera is for your own private amusement. If the camera is for you. <laughs> no, it's not being put on YouTube oh, or no, on the internet. No, 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 no. It's actually not filming. It's just. It's, it's a monitor. It's a monitor. Thank you. You are the only person, hopefully, that wow. has access to what it is showing. It's a docking maneuver. That's you're what it is. You're practicing docking. You're docking the, your butt to the toilet seat right, in the right spot. The right angle. It's not easy because you're not sitting. In zero gravity, you don't sit on a toilet. You hover a little bit above. You're hovering. You're You're floating. You're floating. Right. So you got to get used to that. Mike, what is she describing here? Well, first, she uh, she terrified me when she used the word filmed and uh, video. And I'm glad you (laughs) clarified that that thing really is only going into the the monitor that you're seeing in front of you. Closed circuit monitor. But but alignment is really important. And uh, this this is for the shuttle toilet. And yes, you would. And in fact, this is important. The only time everyone gets serious, and Chuck, even you would be serious, is when you get the brief on the toilet. Mm. Because you want to know how to use that. You don't want any material getting loose in the cabinet. Material. No, you don't. Material. You know, material. material. You got to know how to use the, the health toilet. Health and hygiene. And it's so important that in quarantine, you have access to that positional trainer so that you can practice right before you leave for the Cape to go launch it. Wait, what is space. quarantine? What is quarantine? Quarantine, a uh, week before the flight, we, uh, we, we go to quarantine. We started out at the uh, Johnson Space Center. We have a quarantine here. We want to keep you healthy. Johnson Space Center in Houston. In Houston, <laughs> right? And then we also uh, fl- we fly to Florida. This is in the shuttle days. We fly to Florida and we go to quarantine at the Kennedy Space Center. So w- one of the things I can't you believe you said they said those were the shuttle so, days. The right. shuttle, I hate to say it, but. <laughs> 
it just sounds wrong. Now we <laughs> it go, sounds wrong. We okay. go further. But one of the things you want to practice when, on our shuttle flights, you'd want to have it fresh in your mind, the right position. And what you'd want to do is use that camera that she described to get the right alignment, and you would try to memorize this for when you got to space. And uh, what I memorized was I felt like I was Peter Fonda on Easy Rider riding a chopper. Like okay. I was sitting in a chopper, and that uh-huh. was the position that worked for me and the trainer, and that's what I tried to memorize that body position so I would get a good, no, but a good strike in, in why, space. Why are you in quarantine before the uh, Because they don't want you getting uh, sick. So it's really, it's a, it, they don't want any germs to come near you. So oh. anyone that visits you has to get checked out by the flight surgeon, okay. by the flight doc ahead of time. Uh-huh. Uh, you're in a, a sterile environment. They clean the place really well, right. make sure there's nothing that's going to get you ill because that could put the mission in jeopardy. The whole mission, right. It's, if it's communicable. Right. Mm-hmm. So, as, as opposed to actually pooping in space and having space scat all over the place because that's healthy. No, that's, that's why we practice. <laughs> yeah. Space scat. Oh, that's yeah. a phrase. So it, where is the bathroom? I mean, is it you just floating in the middle of the joint or is that, how does this work? No, in the, on the, uh, on this, on the space station, there is a, 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 a toilet area. There is a, 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 there is a space hall that's different than what we had on the show. It's more of, it's more on the Russian design, which was basically a can. Can. Right. So oh. you can poop in a, in a can and there is a little seat on it and you do, you don't really hover as she described, but you do want to have a, a good connection you with have, that seat. You want to dock firm. Right. Dock. So you want to dock firm. So you can use your, f- absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I just, Disagree with the hovering. Right. On mm-hmm. the shuttle, we had uh, little arms that would come over and over your thighs that would keep you on the seat, or you could push down on the ceiling. Arms on the over your thighs. Little, yeah. it's like uh, little handles that you can handles. Move thank over. you. Yeah. Handles that come and put. And I was going to say, I actually yeah. hire a Sorry little that. person to no, do no. that for arms. me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for clarifying. Yeah, arms. Yeah. Okay. These little, these little handles that would come over and push you down on your thighs. That would push you down, or you could push against the ceiling. And on the uh, on the station, same thing. You could push against the ceiling, or you could use uh, your feet footholds. Or were you pushing you against the floor? Pushing against the floor. Well, <laughs> yeah, it depends. That's another good one. That's an, that's, no, no, that's what I'm saying point. is, why is there a ceiling or floor at all? You're in space weightless. Uh, just, just so you can read stuff. <laughs> you know, you have orientation here and there, and you know where things are. Um, but and, but uh, another big thing on the station is that we recycle the urine. And you drink it. And yeah, you drink it. You can make food with it. It's all the water gets recycled. They oh. recover about seventy percent of. Chuck the water is ready to way. barf right oh, right at this moment. That is. So I should have brought some with me. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring some with me. If you Next have me time. back, I'll bring you some water yeah. to drink. Yeah, bring I'll some pee peel. water. Okay, got can't it. wait. All right, when we come back to Star Talk Radio, more on what it is to pack for Mars and all the challenges that that involves. This is Star Talk Radio. Back Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson in studio. Chuck Nice, comic. Yes. Mike Massimino, astronaut. Yes. What a combo I got here. A, co- a comedian and an astronaut. What, yeah. What you know? Who gets to say you that? Don't, you don't see that very often. <laughs> uh, we were when we where we last left off. <laughs> we were talking about uh, uh, basically how you go to potty in space. But here's another challenge. Once you go to potty. What happens to the? Okay, you told me what happens to your urine. They recycle it. They have yep. filters, I guess, and then it. Uh, you drink it. You you keep you, you recycle your fluids. Right. Wow. Okay. You have to. You need you need water. Okay, but I would find the nearest comet. <laughs> nope. <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd do like a swap with the comet. Come on, you take my pee. I'm getting some nice ice I'm cubes. Some ice. <laughs> so, but uh, when you get to Mars, for example, there's this accumulation of human waste. And right. this is still, I think, an unresolved problem. 
what do, do you bury it there? Do you and Mars is this pristine environment, uh-huh. and here we come. Yeah, you don't want to. Here right. we come. Talk about leave no trace camping. <laughs> right. You don't want to. <laughs> Hello, Martians. This is what we have for you. Yeah. And the thing is, what, be good? when you go camping, we take for granted. In fact, it's just a fundamental part of our understanding of nature yeah. that it will decompose right. and become part of the woods. Yeah. So that, that's why they want you to bury your trash and bury your poop, or take your non-decomposable trash out. But right. but bury that which is decomposable. Uh-huh. But right. decompose means there are bugs out there that are chowing down on what it is that you put there, and it right. returns it to its base materials. Mm-hmm. On Mars, where there are no, no known microorganisms, you bury you bury a Coke can there. It's there forever. Yeah, it's going to you come back and get it later. <laughs> <laughs> Your poop yeah. is there forever. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. So it's so different. That's a discovery for future generations. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. And <laughs> so in my interview with uh, Mary Roach, we also talked about uh, other... Um, Topics that the press doesn't usually address. Let's find out Ooh, can't wait to hear. what those include. There was a guy who advocated one of the criteria for choosing astronauts should be what kind of intestinal flora you have so that you don't produce too much methane. Not because it stinks, but because it's explosive. Well, especially if they're guys, because, you know, Fart. that's all they do. They just light each other's farts. Is what guys and there do. was rumors that on the space station, they would use farts like rocket propellant to launch themselves across the mid-deck. That and will so that. happen. It's just no. Newton's laws, equal and opposite reaction. There's an astronaut who tested it, and it did not. Why not? It no, has to work. He said, he said it's not enough, because a fart is only about, like, three soda cans worth of air. Yeah. The human lungs hold much more. You can't exhale and propel yourself. He tried. He tried. He said it wasn't enough to accelerate the mass of a 180-pound man. No, I don't believe that. Because any he, force will accelerate you any mass. You take it up with him. He farted and tried. <laughs> he needed a little more beans in his diet. No, what I'm saying is... He said is, it was, quote, a... What it may have happened prodigious is... Prodigious and rapidly expelled purge. Wow. That's got to get the euphemism award for the year. <laughs> prodigious and rapidly expelled... Purge. Purge. And he, and he said, I failed to move noticeably. Okay, he's done the science. That's it. Okay. Case no, closed. Experiment done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that, you know, the space station has air currents just simply by the yes. circulation of air to keep it fresh and filtered. And mm-hmm. they actually filter out the moisture and the humidity. So I'm guessing that rapid purge was not distinguishable from other air currents going on in the room so that it could not overcome other random air forces that are operating on his body. Otherwise, it would have moved him, period. It may have been slow, but it would have moved him, and that's Newton's well, law. Well, he was going down to Cape Canaveral, and he was going to ask around to see if anybody else had any input, but nobody was spilling the beans, so to speak. <laughs> so we, it's anecdotal, I admit. Yeah, so I'm saying Newton's laws win in the end, but I think there's probably other air currents that would have interfered. He well. also thought perhaps because he was wearing pants that the he was wearing pants. Okay, well, wearing pants. Oh. I know, I know, but his next flight was mixed gender, so he couldn't strip down naked and try it again. There are laws against that. There yeah. are okay. other laws, not Newton's. <laughs> not Newton's laws. Yeah. How? There you have an, a Newton's law analysis of yeah. flatulence. Dude, that was awesome. Did you see the smackdown that Neil just put on Mary? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like no, no, it. Worked. Works that way. I'm telling you, yeah. there's no way. See, the problem was it was a prodigious <laughs> purge, right. and he just said, a, "I got a ripper." I'm just saying, I just ripped it, one. It, it wasn't a clean experiment though with the pants. Yeah, and the it, air pants. Flow, I agree. You, you can't. You, it, yeah, if it's contained, you can't. You no. can't do it. You can't do it. You had to yeah. like be mooning right. while he did it. Right. And, the, the spacesuit needed a fart flap. 
Right. Fart and, fart. And then, yeah. you, then it would work. Right. <laughs> he, would, and he would have to call bare butt on the midday. Exactly. And give fair warning to do that. And, fair and then warning. Give fair warning for people that what was going on. Put, and, put on and, your space helmets. In the name of science. <laughs> That's the way the experiment should that's have been conducted. Right. Exactly. In the name of science. But just yep. to be to be precise, that's exactly how the shuttle lifts. It expels gas out of one end and the physical shuttle uh, recoils in the other. That's how any rocket launches. Which makes a case for bigger and fatter astronauts. That's <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. Nick. <laughs> they also serve as rocket there fuel. There you go. Rocket yeah, channel fuel. some of that power. Rocket fuel. So yeah. what's interesting, getting back to Newton's laws... Uh, what's interesting here is that there you can use Newton's laws to simulate gravity. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, there's all this talk about how do you survive zero G and you lose your bone mass. Have you lost bone mass while you were in orbit? Well, you weren't in no, orbit long enough. I wasn't long enough, and we exercised. And they've gotten pretty good about stopping that problem uh, through through sheer exercise. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's not as much as an issue as it, as it was. Right, when you're just sitting there doing nothing. Right, right. right. We've uh, they've, they've gotten pretty good at, at uh, the counter, uh, counter effects of that. Right, because, for example, you can simulate gravity by just rotating. You get a big rotating ring, just like in 2001. Uh-huh. And rotating spaceship and you'd walk around on the outer perimeter of it and it's the the centrifugal force uh enables you to actually pin you to the side basically pin you to the outer rim of the of the rotating wheel you get the right speed of the wheel and you can actually create any kind of gravity you want earth gravity mars gravity moon gravity stop the spinning you get zero gravity so it's a it's like a gravity machine in a sense Mm-hmm. And so uh, my hope is that when we go into deep space <clears throat> missions, that this would be one way you would do that. Yeah. Uh, an- another way, this is n- hardly talked about, is you don't just coast to Mars. Right now, when we say it takes nine months to six to nine months, it's because you're coasting. Hmm. Right. You get enough speed to escape Earth's gravitational embrace, mm-hmm. and then you cross over between your Earth's pull. And Mars's Mars pull, and you just cross it over, and then Mars pulls you in. So the whole route, you're coasting. But in, if instead you brought enough fuel or you had filling stations along the way, ah, you just you accelerate the whole way towards Mars. While you're accelerating, you just simulated gravity. If the ship yeah, is, right, you can, that's, so, that's what an acceleration is. You yeah. accelerate it one G, the side of the craft that's behind you, that's the, that's the side you're that's, walking on. Yeah. But now you got to slow down. So midway, you turn the craft around, and then you decelerate at 1G, but now you're standing on the other side of the ship. And so you basically simulate your gravity the whole way while you get there fast. And that by that, you get there in a few weeks. That is we need more idea. of this. That's awesome. We, we, I want to know where does farting fit in the game? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a, a, a window going out to space, right? Yeah. And then you would, you know, because uh, that would help right. a little bit. Yeah. You know, you know I, I don't know by how much. You can't but... get carried away. It could jeopardize the mission, though. <laughs> that, that I've experienced. It could, it could blow the whole thing. You don't want to take that risk. Well, the point is this: the methane is a is an active ingredient in in effluence, mm-hmm. and as Mary Roach had commented uh, correctly, it's not that it smells, but that it's flammable, and you don't want flammable gases. You, methane don't, is the gas in your gas. Do you have course. a gas stove, Chuck? Uh, yes, home? I do have a gas stove. That's methane, very likely. That is right. That is a methane gas. Yeah. A methane. Most likely, yeah. And that's hmm. what started the whole thing with like lighting flatulence, you know, which guys do around a campfire. I believe you know? that started yeah. with the caveman. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Not the cave woman. The not cave, the cave woman. Man. The caveman. Trog. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now I know why we don't have open flame in space. <laughs> 
it's just and so, so I don't understand if you harness the power of your own uh, fluids in terms of recycling and using them for drink, right. yeah. then why can't you harness the power of your own flatulence by using that as for something? Well, in agriculture schools, they do. When they have these 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 barns where the cows are, right. uh, they, they capture the methane from the cow flatulence, and they use that to heat the barn in the winter. Go up to the Cornell Ag School, for example, and, and all the ag schools do this. Wow. So they do recycle it. But I, so I don't know if you, but you'd still want flame to be the source of your heat, right? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think, and, you know, uh, plus you need to have, uh, you need a good circulation. You don't want it to be uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, there's a, the human element to it, too. It might right. not be very pleasant. What? Uh, so. yeah, Except so, to the person who did only, it. <laughs> somebody, yeah. Because it's always good to you. Yeah. Either that or always have always have the O2 mask ready to go. Right. <laughs> Emergency O2 is needed, not for smoke, but for gas, <laughs> human gas. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. You can find us on the web, startalkradio.net. We're also in the Twitterverse, guess what, at Star Talk Radio. When we come back, more on Packing for Mars. In fact, I wonder about sex in space. Stay tuned. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more... FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science 
proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. We're back with Startalk Radio. The subject of today's program. What would it be like to send a human mission to Mars? What are the challenges? What are the joys? And the only way I can do that is to bring in an actual astronaut, uh, Mike Massimino. Mike, welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Neil. Great to have great. you. Great and, to and, be here. And I couldn't do this without Chuck Nice, because like he he's thought deeply about Mars missions, haven't you? Yes, all of my thoughts are very, very deep. <laughs> Those still waters, God, I can't tell you. <laughs> so we came off of a segment uh, reflecting on what role flatulence plays in space. First, that there's a lot of methane. By the way, you know where the methane comes from? No. That it's because know. deep in your lower intestine, you have anaerobic microbes munching down on your foodstuffs. These are microbes that thrive in the absence of oxygen, mm -hmm. anaerobics. The opposite of aerobics, remember what they used to, what today they call cardio, they used mm -hmm. to call aerobics. aerobics. It's because you would, your body would, would, would exercise in a way where you would replenish your oxygen and you can sustain that and then yeah. you'd be tra in training, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, anything that's sort of a low enough level and long, you do that aerobically. And so when you're anaerobic, you have different byproducts. And the microbes in your lower intestine, one of the byproducts is methane. Huh. And in fact, we found methane emanating from cliff faces of Mars in recent Mars studies. Really? So it makes you wonder, are there micro, are there like Mars yeah. flatulence, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's, Mars is farting. That's what got yeah. rid of the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> they they <laughs> literally farted themselves into extinction. <laughs> it was not an asteroid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, you, can, you can get methane from natural causes, from, from you know geologic causes, but another one is through the action of anaerobic life. Hmm. And so it made... It, uh, for a very intriguing next set of questions about how we're going to look for life on Mars and where we're going to try to find it. Uh -huh. So and, Amazing. And, and methane is not stable. It's, it wants to combine with other elements. So if you see it anywhere, it was freshly made because it will rapidly combine with other uh, molecules to okay. make other, other, other compounds. So, so methane is unstable. I mean, if you saw it, it was made yesterday. Wow. You know, or, or, or in the very recent past. Just little bits of information we invoke. I know. Great, I, man. I just made some right now. <laughs> you <laughs> made sorry, what? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's also uh, uh, hydrogen sulfide is, a, is another active ingredient in a lot of that. It gives the rotten egg smell. Uh -huh. So, yeah, a, we could do a whole chemistry show on that. But let's switch topics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're still on Mars, but we, talk about sex in space. 
it's another one that the press hardly ever mentions. Sex we, is, a, is a fundamental part of human biology, right? I mean, who in, in, in a long journey, yeah. depending on your libido. And what you say, this would be a three-year journey? A three-year tour, yes. Okay. <laughs> three years. Yeah, it's like, what, is, what are your libidic tolerances, I think, is what this comes down to. And picking up on my interview with Mary Roach, she did a lot of homework on sex and space. And let's find out where she... Where she lands. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Looking towards a two to three year mission, you're going to have to send men, women. There's got to be some sort of sexual interaction, I would think. Aren't well, there some people that hardly ever think about sex? So maybe one of the criteria. Yeah, well, because sex really complicates the social yeah. situation, yeah, doesn't Mike, it? Mike Collins, uh, Apollo astronaut, jokingly said the best crew would be a bunch of eunuchs. Right. But yes, that would solve because that creates a social dynamic that is unstable in right. most situations. Right. I asked some cosmonauts about this. Cosmonauts are fairly forthcoming on things, particularly after a shot of whiskey. No, it would be vodka. It was whiskey. Oh! It was whiskey. These two guys had been Alexander Levakin and Yuri Romanenko. They'd been up on Mir for six months together. And I said, well, how did you... Mir, the Russian together? space station yes. that predated the International yes, Space exa Station. Exactly. And I said, how did you handle libido? This is an issue. And he said, yes... Mary, people ask me this all the time. They're saying, Sasha, his nickname was Sasha. Sasha, how are you making sex in space? And he goes, of course, by hand. <laughs> so, so there was that Make option. He says, there's always a chance. It happens in your sleep. People go, always... people go years without sex, actually, right, on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I think the concern is that Oh, just the soap opera, you know, the, the drama, the drama of, of, of people falling in love and being jealous and all of that. Is that going to interfere with the mission? I think people could behave themselves for two and a half, three years. I really do. I mean, these so what you need, are really motivated people. You need a libido check. It's got to be it. They give you an eye test. They give you all these tests to make they, sure you're yeah, physically fit. They should give you a libido yep. test. If you're above some threshold, you ain't going to Mars. You're going to yeah. mess up the whole operation. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so, Mike, so your, your two-week missions, they don't give you libido tests, I don't think. No, not that I know of. <laughs> there was some secret thing that I, you know, that I don't know about. But no, I don't, Nighttime I don't experiments. I don't remember anything about that, no. But yeah, I, I just realized not only could I not go to Mars, I can't even make it down to the Lower East Side. <laughs> I am screwed. <laughs> I don't know, so, Chuck. I, up, up till now, I thought you'd be the perfect astronaut. Now I have my doubts. <laughs> no, I have I, Come no, on. too much handmade sex for me. <laughs> too much. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an issue, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's at some yeah. point, because it's not just the sex. It's like I was trying to make the point in the clip. Yeah. There's the dynamics of the changes, yeah. depending on, unless it's just sort of orgy time where the dynamics is not an issue. Yeah. It's probably love and hate and, and, and it's part of what it is to be human. We didn't want to deny that, right? Let so, me just say I just threw my hat back into the ring <laughs> once I heard orgy time. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not just sex. If you're going to send colonies and they're going to sort of have next generations, you got yeah. to have fertile people going. Yeah. they got to be able to make babies. You know. When we come back, more <laughs> on packing for Mars and what it takes. This is Star Talk Radio. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, with comedian Chuck Nice yes. in studio, yes. reflecting his deep comedic thoughts mm -hmm. on the <laughs> astronautical, astronomical, cosmological, astronautical. 
I said that already. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, reflections of Mike Massimino, NASA astronaut. Mike, great to have you back. Oh, it's, I'm overjoyed. This, we, is, this is a lot of fun. We came out of the, that last segment just talking about sex in space. And Mike, you've only been up for a couple of weeks. So yeah. you can go a couple of weeks, I presume. I, I, I can report yes. <laughs> that experiment has been the, checked off that experiment. The data are in. We have empirical yeah. evidence. Yep. That I can confirm. Yeah, yeah, but someone says, all right, let's now go for three years. That's a whole other thing. I haven't tested that one yet. You know, because if you go into space for the long term, there's not only presumably what is the urge to have sex. If it's really long term and you want to sort of create colonies in destinations, be they Mars or anywhere else, the sex would not only be recreational, it would have to be procreational. How's yeah. that for a pair? Yeah, yeah. like wow. SAT words there? There you go. Yeah. So you Sounds have, like a yeah. bumper sticker. Pop- <laughs> 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 yeah, so you got to populate the colony. You got to populate yeah. the colony. And in my interview with Mary Roach, who wrote the book Packing for Mars, uh-huh. uh, she did some homework on that subject too. Let's find out what she says. NASA has never sent married couples up before. The idea being if there were an accident, you'd lose the whole family or, you know, they might play favorites. So this harps back to the military days where you wouldn't send siblings on the same ship. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the idea of sending a couple who actually wants to have kids and then they procreate en route and give birth on Mars and it'll be the first child born on another planet? It's the ultimate reality television. Everyone would be watching. You could fund the entire trip. Just on, on the on fees the, to watch that yes, happen. Yes, subscriber fees, advertising, there you go. It'd be the most famous baby ever it born. It would be the m- most After amazing. Jesus. It would be like, what was it, the Truman Show? The it Truman be, Show, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, would be, it would be huge. Everyone would be watching. Plus, if the whole point of space exploration is one day to colonize other universes, planets, whatever, you do want to get at that question, can you even conceive in zero gravity? Nobody has tested that. Nobody mm-hmm. even I'm knows. betting you can, but yeah. And what about the embryo development? You know why? Because I birth? think you can conceive in any body or orientation on earth have you tried them all (laughs) (laughs) where do you get this information i have 12 kids and one was at each geometric (laughs) angle no i think the muscle contractions all work to get sperm to egg the upsuck theory yeah uh, i have a chapter in bonk on upsuck Upsuck. Wow. <laughs> it's a theory for everything, apparently. <laughs> yes, there is. Somebody's out there doing the research. <laughs> She's. She wrote a whole other book called Bonk on all the research that went into that people did on sex over the centuries. And so, in fact, you'd have to wait till another episode of Star Talk Radio to hear that interview. Ooh. Oh, um, what a tease. <laughs> sorry. So, here's the thing. We'd have to, like, sort of make babies in other colonies. Yeah. And uh, that's a that's an interesting sort of future of what that 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 might bring. I just love the concept of space Jesus, space. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous kid in the world. Yeah. Wait, did, did I get that wrong? A no, baby born, a on, baby Mars. born yeah. on Mars. Next, next most famous birth since Jesus. since Jesus. No, well, I thought it was perfect. You got Jay Z and Beyonce's kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that would all. <laughs> I don't know how that would all pass. Yes. Okay, it would be a close third to their kids. There you go. Yes, Blue Ivy or Ivy yeah. Blue, whatever. Yeah. What would be weird, though, is that the child is, is, is raised in a slightly lower gravity, something we'll get we'll spend more time yeah. on in the next segment. Then what does it mean to be raised in a lower gravity? Yeah. Then can you ever come back to Earth? Can what, you overcome that to become a successful person? <laughs> Pull yourself up. Pull yourself up by yeah, your yeah. own gravity. Yeah. It would make a good college entrance exactly. essay, though. Right. You know, what, you know, what, what, what uh, problems have you had? I was born what in a low overcome? gravity environment. Yes. <laughs> I was the only kid on my block. 
Because what happens is, if you go on a really long voyage, you not only need that generation, you need generations that follow. Right. So there'll be whole generations that never saw the surface of a planet. Awesome. And that, it, that'd be kind of cool, actually. Would yeah. you want to be one of those? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I could say goodbye to Earth forever. I wouldn't have no problem. <laughs> See you, suckers! <laughs> Chuck sending in his application again. I think we lost him a little while ago, well, he's and back. now he's back in. All right. Let's go. So he's back. So so let me let me ask you, Mike. If You you got a family, right? You got, I do, right? How, yes. many, how many kids you have? I have two. Two kids. Would you bring the whole kit in the caboodle with you? I would. They wouldn't want to come with me, though. <laughs> they would say, sure, we'll go. Can we leave him at home? One of the advantages of me being an astronaut is they get rid of me. But I would love to have them. In fact, that's one of the things you, when you're in space, you, you don't have all your friends with you and your family. And that's probably the only bad thing about being in space. You can't share it with everybody else. Oh, that's a tender moment. Oh it my is gosh. a little tender. Oh, let, let, let's, but the truth of it is my family wouldn't want to go with me probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when we come back to Star Talk Radio, more on packing for Mars and what it takes and what it involves and whether we can actually speciate humans into another division of the, of the tree of life. Nice. When we come back to Star Talk Radio. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. We're back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. In studio, comedian Chuck Nice and astronaut Mike Massimino. We're talking about going to Mars. Yeah, going to Mars. I don't think we left any subject untouched in these. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you could think of a couple more, but I think we've done enough. <laughs> so let, just, let me just make sure we know. Uh, Mike, you tweet on, on your astronaut exploits. I do, yes. It's at Astro Mike with an underscore. I hate underscores, by the way, but yeah. it's just it's a pet peeve of mine. Can I change my name now? <laughs> Astro underscore Mike. Right. Astro Mike. Uh, Chuck, your Chuck Nice comic? At Chuck Nice comic. At, and I want to. All one word. And you got to see this guy perform. He's awesome. And uh, you get his schedule on his website. Chuck ChuckNice.com. So we've been talking about colonies. You know, the, the early settlers that came from Europe to the New World, they were making babies where they landed, right? right? And yeah. certainly were. Uh, so if you're going to go on long voyages to Mars or beyond, why not make some babies? Take your whole family with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, that- now, now, here's the challenge. As you may know, well, let, let's let's back up for a minute. Okay, we have, have a quick lesson here? Lesson okay, plan, if I may? Oh, I love this. Okay. <laughs> I do, too. This is great. It's one okay. of my favorite parts. All right. So, so watch. The longer a species is stranded away from all other forms of life, mm-hmm. the greater is the potential for it to get really weird because it takes on surviving biological forms and properties unique to that environment, if that environment has particular stresses that other environments don't. Ah. What that tells you is, if you had to look around the world and say, where are the weirdest animals? Where would you find them? People who marry their first cousins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you didn't say where. We might offend people. Yes. Yeah, but we can imagine where that yes. might be. <laughs> yeah. So what's the most isolated place where you find animals? In the world. I would say Antarctica. Okay. But they're, they're frozen to death there. So, <laughs> so, so. That was a nice try. That was a nice, that was a nice try. try. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, Madagascar. Ma- <laughs> yes, but those are animals who talk. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> so the, That's pretty weird in my book, exactly. Chuck. Exactly. So the most, uh, we got a nice isolator. It's it's Australia. And that's where we have, ah. and the weirdest stuff is you got the flightless birds right. and, and pouched, you know, marsupials, weird ver- variants on what you find elsewhere in the because world. Because the entire continent is an island. The entire continent is an island. That's, that's right. I cool. think we just failed the test though, Chuck. <laughs> oh, he gave job. us the quiz and we blew it. Yeah, yeah our answer was Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> As a zebra. You, yeah. get a, you get a C yeah. minus on that one. So think about it. If you go to another, if you create a colony on Mars and that colony does not crossbreed with anyone on Earth for a thousand generations, wow. then you have it. There's the the risk, or perhaps maybe that's what you want, of they becoming another kind of species, and cool. with different properties that enable their survival in that location. That would just be kind of interesting. That would be, especially when they return to Earth to conquer us all. <laughs> because you know yeah. that's what's going to happen. That'd be bad. <laughs> Don't give them return directions. <laughs> just yeah, just send them out there and tell them to send video. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what's interesting is if you look at the TV show uh, Star Trek, what's interesting there is there must have been some 
cross-galactic human breeding going on because Kirk, he's always getting some tail wherever yes. he goes. And they look, they might be blue or green, right. but there's some female-looking aliens, right? They are. And you know what's weird about that? What? They're always hot. Even, even though they're aliens, like she might be green or might have antenna, uh, but she's always hot. You're looking at it like, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. I think Chuck sent it in his application again. The astronaut application from Chuck is coming. He's ready to go again. In his third iteration. Yeah. No, because it, think about it. Yeah, it is odd that Kirk is not uh, uh, falling in love with aliens that don't have an obvious gender revealed in their appearance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not a yeah. slee stack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was the the, the, the the Horta? Do you remember the Horta? That was the silicon-based life that was basically a rock. Right. And oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. It was, now that you've explained it, yeah. Yeah, it's very That's cool. That's pretty freaky. Uh, you mean you saw the episode but didn't understand what was going on in it? No, I mean, I remember a rock moving around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly I, I, what I it was. was. I just remember that. <laughs> Yes, that was that life. was the show. That right? was a knife form, and apparently that was female. And Kirk did not have the hots for the rock. All right, so <laughs> yeah. so, but what it tells us is in that future, there's enough of sort of the human lineage, so that even though it's possible. By the way, the very next species that comes that that spawns from us, we can still. The, our organs will still work together. Right. You know whether or not you have viable offspring. So it's it's if you have too many of those. It, in a row, the distance can become so great. The biological distance right. can be some so great, so great that you can no longer. What's wrong make. with this chick? All of her parts are in the wrong places. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Guys, we actually have to wrap this up. I no. feel so, uh, man, man, we could do this for five hours. But you know, I need a tweet of the week to round this out. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. Uh, how creative do I feel? Uh, you know, here's what you do. Next Mars mission, yeah. bring all the food that has space names to it. That's just that would just be cool, like Milky Way bar. Mm. Oh yeah, we do okay. that. Okay, so yeah. here we go. So so here, uh, Tasty Cosmos, Milky Way bars, Moon pies, Eclipse gum, Orbit gum, Sunkissed, Celestial seasonings, Mars bar, food you might take on your journey. But I'm curious why there's no food yet named Uranus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Star Talk Radio. Thanks, Chuck. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Mike. Thanks for having me. Neil. You've been blast. listening to Star Talk Radio, brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Until next time, keep looking up. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.